Welcome to the Rebel and Muse podcast, where you can join us on our journey of self-improvement. I'm Kaleo Wassman. And I'm Melanie Wassman. Tune in each week to discover how we find balance in health, love, and life. So the last time we were actually all together, it was March 2019. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes. Isn't it cool to say back in the day it was 2019? Yeah. Because this is the first podcast of the new decade. It is. Mm -hmm. Welcome back. Yeah. Yeah, I got (laughs) to. You know what I'm going to get you? I'm going to get you that Phil Collins head mic. You remember, it's just, it kind of he kind of looks like someone like an air traffic control. Yeah, the ones that I use when we're teaching at the festivals. Yes, yes. I'm gonna get you one I of do those. Need that. Well, you're pretty comfortable at now because those those uh, closer to the sun yoga classes that you taught were on point. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. I was really. Yeah, I'm really. So right now, I'm I'm basically almost strapped to the chair here because he put a new mic in front of me, and I like to move around when I talk. And I feel like this mic is right in my face. So if I sound like I'm a little constricted, <laughs> it's because I am. You know what? You're, I can't you're, look you're, left you're to right. Single, you're, you're single. Your signal's actually kind of hot. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to move you away. Okay. Is that, is that better? Yeah, yeah. Just talk. One of these know. days we'll get this all on video and you can see how ridiculous it is. Right. Well, yeah. the funny thing is, is like microphones, the only way they really work is if you talk in them. Unless they're turned up really, really loud. Is that how it works? Yeah, so that's what the whole microphone wow. thing is. Mind blown. I know, right? Okay, I just New forget deck. that this big, huge thing is right in front of my face and I, I move around. You can work with it. Anyway, welcome back. <laughs> we have Sydney and Barry Williams here. We had them on the podcast last year. 2019, way back then. Yeah, Uh and we're really excited. They have so much going on right now. There's a new book that just launched, and I'm holding a real copy in my hands right now, and it actually feels really good. Yeah, like the the weight of it and the, I don't know what that is, the patina Mm -hmm. on the front and the cover. Right, yeah, Yeah. that that matte covers where it's at, dude. How did you even know what a patina is? I actually don't really know. It just sounded like the proper word to use. Oh, I totally bit that. Yeah. I was like, wow, think, that's heavy. I think, it, I think it worked. I think it worked. Yeah. But it's really, really, I'm so excited about this. So Sydney and Barry are here. And we are going to talk about first about your book. Next, all of the amazing things that you have going on. And we're going to finish up by talking about our retreat that's coming up. And we're really, really excited about it. Um, so let's dive into, first of all, the book. Yeah. Yeah. So when was it launched? So we published the book on December 3rd in 2019, way back when, Mm -hmm. um, almost a month ago. So it was a labor of love. I have never produced an album for music, but uh, I feel like (laughs) I get the struggle. Oh, yeah. books are no joke. Yeah, publishing is a publishing's a fun, fun gig. So I'm I'm glad it's out, and I'm glad people are buying it. <laughs> yeah. Did you know anything about publishing and the whole process before you dove into it, or nope. you just you you went in full force, just writing the book, and then you found out everything? Yeah, full force. The way that it came up. So I've always wanted to write a book um, since I was a kid. I knew that that was going to be a thing. And I knew that I was going to write this book, but it was kind of like a someday thing. So when we left here, writing the book this year was not the plan. Like I did not say, I'm going to write a book while we're on the road, but that's exactly what happened. Um, When we left here, we didn't have anything planned past August for our tour. So we were booking the rest of our tour around the country as we went. 
And when I was booking dates in Grand Rapids, Michigan, the manager at the REI store there was like, hey, so I hear you're an author. Where can we get your book? And I was like, the book isn't written yet. Um, what do I do? Wow. And I was like, well, you know, like by the time I get there, if it's available, I'll bring some. And if it's not, then I'll bring it back. And I was like, holy shit, I should probably write this book. Like if people want it, I should probably write it. Yeah. So wow. um, that was like June when we were booking those dates. So I knew that I had the week of 4th, 4th of July off. So I sat down, I wrote that book in a week. Um, and then in order to get a traditional publishing deal, like where you go with a big publisher and they do all the promotion and stuff for you, um, you need to have a literary agent. And I just didn't have the time or resources or frankly energy to find an agent and pitch myself. The book was already written. um, Mm -hmm. So I was looking for a assisted self-publishing company. So Hay House is the house that I would love to publish with because they're all about mind, body, spirit. Um, Wayne Dyer was published by... Um, Hay House, Louise Hay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of the lane that I wanted to be in if I was going to get a traditional deal, but I didn't have the time to get an agent to pitch the manuscript. So Mm -hmm. they have a company called Balboa Press, which is an assisted self-publishing program where essentially I bought a package. They would help me do the design and the distribution because those are the two things that I'm not good at. I wrote the book, manuscripts ready. Um, So I signed with them. That was a disaster. Oh, no. We fought about three sentences for two months. They wanted to say that I couldn't tell you that the person who assaulted me was a colleague from work. Um, They said that if he read the book and self-identified as my rapist, that he could sue me. And I was like, I'm sorry. Hold the phone. Um, If this dude reads my book and then comes forward, is like, hey, I'm the one that raped her. You just committed a, like, confessed to a crime? Let's talk about that versus (laughs) why you should sue me. Oh my God. That is insane. Yeah. So that was uh, sentence number one that they weren't cool with. Um, The second one was in the book. One of the points that I'm trying to make is expanding the definition of sexual assault because one of the reasons that I didn't speak about it for so long was because it didn't happen in an alley with a gun to my head. It was somebody I knew from work. I woke up. It was happening. And I was just like in shock and my body just completely locked up. I wanted to tell the story of all the different decisions that I had made after the assault that I thought I was making from an empowered place, but in fact, were not even close to being empowered decisions. One of those was that I dated a guy who forgot to mention that he was married. Um, So I wanted to say, like, here's an example of a decision I made that was not good. And they're like, well, if the guy that you dated who was married reads the book and comes forward, he could see. And I'm like, Again, not my problem. And I'm not saying, hi, this is so-and-so. He lives in such-and-such, and and this is his job. It's literally one sentence, all of these things. And then they also said that I couldn't tell you that my skydiving coach sexually assaulted a 14-year-old girl and was convicted on two felony counts for that. And I was like, that's public knowledge. You can go to the Riverside County Court system and, like, Google his name and figure it out. So we went back and forth, back and forth. We were in New Hampshire on Barry's parents' boat at Lake Winnipesaukee. And he was like, hey, so um, how long are you going to let this go on? And I was like, this mother... Like, I was so <laughs> pissed that Barry was, like, on me about this. And I was like, this guy telling me how to do my publishing. Like, what the hell? <laughs> and I stormed off the boat. And I ran over to the bathhouse. And then I was like, okay, well, like, he has a point. So I looked at my emails. And I was like, when did I submit the manuscript? I was like, okay, this was back in August. And now it's October. I was like, oh, yeah, no, I'm done with this. And so I was like, we had been going back and forth about the different sentences and like all this stuff. And at that point, I didn't even trust that if I got to the point where they accepted my story as is, Mm -hmm. that I would get it designed and distributed in the time frame that I wanted to. My goal was to have this out before the end of the year, hopefully in November, so I could release it for National Diabetes Awareness Month, because that is part of my story. Um, And the timing was a little bit off, but I ended up firing that publisher 
the way that they wanted to resolve it was I could either falsify everything and write under a pen name, or I could omit those sentences completely. And without those three sentences, this book is a work of fiction. And it doesn't make the point that I'm trying to make. So I fired the publisher. I lost some money on the deal because I was, you know, X amount of days into the process. Um, And then I went and I created a creative brief. I uploaded it to a website called Upwork where I could find myself a designer because that was all I needed. My best friend edited it. The manuscript is ready to go. I just needed a designer to put it over the finish line. And stoked that you did that. Yeah. So Take I was the just, power yeah. back. Yeah. Took yes. it all the way back. Yeah. Um, and now I've got this beautiful book that's exactly what I want. And like the cover is perfect. Beautiful. The interior is beautiful. I'm just so excited with how it turned out. Yes. The and the uh, is incredible. Yes. Thank you, Mel. I was looking for that word. <laughs> In your hands, it feels nice and girthy and yes. <laughs> super smooth. <laughs> so oh, I'm yeah. glad that you, um, you were not getting the love that you wanted from the, let's just say the, the man. Right. And you, you really went grassroots style and you realized that you already had a community in place that if you chose to do it this way, you could, and you did. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. yeah. So the book is called Hiking My Feelings, Stepping Into the Healing Power of Nature. And if anybody has not listened to the, the previous podcast that we did together, will you share a little bit of your story? Yeah. Just, yeah, so the outline of the book, um, in just to kind of set it up, it starts in my kitchen in 2014. Um, 2014 was one of the hardest years of my life. I lost a bunch of people. Um, to set it up, I my friend Chris, who was a former U.S. intelligence officer for the U.S. Army, he committed suicide in January 2014. Later that year, my uncle Mike, who had previously beaten brain cancer, had the tumors come back and take his life. Later that year, I was uh, still a competitive skydiver. One of my teammates got injured. We thought the season was over. After that, my friend Adam went to Idaho for a base jumping trip and never came home. He died on a base jump. So Mm. at that point, as we were making arrangements for Adam's funeral, I had to choose between going to his funeral or going to the skydiving competition because my skydiving teammate, who I thought was injured for the year, was like, oh, hey, I'm good to go. And I only had enough money to do one. Both trips were going to be in Chicago. I'd be traveling from San Diego. Um, I only had enough money to do one. So I went to my friend's funeral. And when I got back, I found out that my boss, who was also my skydiving coach, uh, my mentor in the sport, he was the whole reason that we moved from Chicago to um, to San Diego was so I could train at his facility and hopefully become a world champion skydiver someday. When I got back from Adam's funeral, I found out that that man was convicted of raping a 14-year-old girl. Mm -hmm. So... 2014 was awful. 2015 wasn't much better. And the story covers the two hikes that we've done across Catalina Island. The first one was in December 2016. As you see, like the Facebook memories or whatever. And so like this time of year, it's like all of the discovery of doing that first big backpacking trip across the island. The first one I did was the hardest thing I've ever done physically. Um, I was a division one athlete in college. I've done a lot of hard stuff in this body in this lifetime. But that hike, I was 50 pounds heavier than I was when I was skydiving. It was just like, all I had been doing was eating and drinking my feelings to cope. Um, and the first the first trip was incredible. We didn't finish the trail. So I had a little bit of unfinished business with that island. I wanted to come back someday. Um, so the first trip I learned that I love my body and I can do hard things. The second trip um, came after a diabetes diagnosis. I was diagnosed with diabetes nine months after the first trip. That was a major catalyst for change in my life. So I ended up quitting my cushy job, six-figure salary, fat benefits, um, to join my friend's startup, thinking if I give a shit about the work I'm doing, maybe the stress will be worth it. I know leaving corporate to go do a startup is not a stress reducer, but if I could go and do work that empowers people, and in that case, the startup was rooted in women's empowerment and social justice, maybe if I wake up every day 
the stress will be worth it because I know I'm making a difference in the world. What I realized after I got diagnosed with diabetes was that I'm really good at the work I do. So good. But I was a byproduct of the work I've been doing. I was teaching people for the better part of 10, 15 years how to numb and be sick. When I worked in the wine industry, I wanted you to drink as much wine as possible because that made my clients a lot of money. But that doesn't help you lead a healthy life. When I worked at NBC or worked with NBC and I was leading their email marketing, I wanted you to sit on your butt and binge watch four seasons of whatever show. That's not getting up. That's not moving your body. That's making you sick. So I realized I'm really good at this work, but the work I'm doing isn't making the world a better place. How can I turn these skills around to Mm. make people happier and healthier? And so that's how Hiking My Feelings came about. I quit the startup. Um, I had been having panic attacks every day, sometimes twice a day. And I was only at that startup for 95 days before I left. But then I had two weeks to go train for the Trans-Catalina Trail the second time. We did the second hike in June of last year when we got off the trail. Um, It was on that hike that I realized that the sexual assault was what all of that trauma had manifested in my body and my mind as diabetes, as panic attacks, as mental illness. And so hiking helped me connect the dots between mind and body because I was so disconnected from my body after the assault. I just, I didn't tell anybody. All I did was eat and drink to numb the pain. Um, Barry was the first person I told 11 years after it happened. And then um, once we got off that trail, I was in like the biggest, deepest, dark depression of my life for 11 days. Um, I didn't know how to reintegrate into society. I just connected the dots on over a decade's worth of decisions and things that had happened to me. Um, my struggles with my body image, my struggles with my weight. And so it was actually back-to-back shows for the Slightly Stupid um, Pepper Stick Figure Schools Out for Summer Tour. We went to Vegas. We went to San Diego. Um, In between those two shows, I was just like so inspired, um, largely by the music because it like lifted me up out of the funk I was in, but also just by what Scott's been able to accomplish in his career. I'm not a musician, but he writes all his music. He produces all of it. And I was like, is there any reason why I couldn't do that for myself? Like, I'm not a musician, but if this guy can go do everything and have the success that he's found and find people to help, you know, bring him along on the journey, could I do that for myself? And so that's kind of how Hiking My Feelings grew from the hashtag, which was a result of me realizing that thanks to diabetes, I was hiking my feelings instead of eating and drinking them Mm -hmm. into what did you see today, which we just got back from an eight month tour on the road. Now it's a book. We're doing these retreats. Um, eventually I'd love to do like a documentary or hopefully that book gets picked up for a screenplay. Like it's, it's everything is, it was all inspired from that weekend. So, um, and that's where we met Kaleo and everybody for the first time. So it's been a wild ride. Yeah. (laughs) It sounds like it. Yeah. And so when you had this cathartic experience and you got off the trail, you said you were in a a deep depression for, did you say 11 days? Mm -hmm. So what brought you out of that? Was it the the music and this revelation of wanting to do something? Yeah, it was a couple things. So the, the moment where I actually was like, I snapped out of it. I was on, I was doing a show. I was an improv student at the time at Finest City Improv down in San Diego. Um, I was on stage and I was about to have a panic attack during a show. Um, and my teammates, um, in my class, I had said, if this ever happens, like if you see me looking like I'm in a spiral, I used to work at Disney world. So, um, I said in the event that you see me spiraling, just pretend like you're taking off a character head and then I will, I can like snap into a character that I've already played before. Cause at that point I could be Sydney who used to work at Disney, which was before the assault. So I could channel her. And so in that moment, I'm like losing my mind on stage. Like I'm just completely locked up. I'm not coming up with anything in the scene. And my partner, Dan took off his head and then he like walks into the proverbial break room and offers me a fake lemonade. And I was like, okay, I'm fine. Like 
I'm not gonna like I'm in I'm I'm in a theater I'm on stage I'm not in any sort of danger like I am fine and I am in my body and everything's great and then like three or four days later is when we did the shows in Vegas and San Diego so what have you not done? Oh um, my God. I, don't know. I just I mean like I haven't done bungee jumping. Worked at Disneyland. <laughs> now do improv. I mean, yeah. I wow. Every time I see you, there's something new that I, that I discovered. I feel like I've been on this planet for a long time. <laughs> How old are you? Thirty-four. Thirty-four. Wow, you have accomplished a lot. Thank you. In your young years. <laughs> wow. So um, a little bit more, if you don't mind, going back to the assault and, and pushing it away. So you never told anybody until Barry 11 years later, you said? Correct. And did you realize that you were suppressing so much or you were just numbing? Well, this was after like, the hike, it? right? Yeah. So the I told Barry between the two hikes. So Got we it. hiked the first one in December 2016. Okay. I told Barry sometime in the summer of it was well, we were sitting on the couch watching The Bachelor. <laughs> so whenever <laughs> The Bachelor actually airs. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> it was before me too and all that stuff but it was that same year yeah. and so um we uh yeah Barry was the first person I told after the assault like I well I woke up and this person that I used to work with was on top of me and it was happening like mm-hmm. I my whole body locked up I was in shock and I just pretended like I was asleep because that seemed like a good thing to do so mm-hmm. I didn't die um, mode. yeah so um, I went home, I showered, I didn't go to the police, I didn't go to the hospital, I didn't tell my friend whose house it happened at, and I didn't tell my parents. I just like went home, showered, looked at myself in the mirror, and I was like, okay, we're taking this one to the grave. Like, girls like us don't get raped. Got it. And I held that for yeah. 11 years by myself. Got it. Wow. Yeah. wow. Oh, and yeah. so, yeah, that's heavy. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So do you, is it, it must be really hard to be so completely open with everything all of your pains your fears your um did this might be an interesting question but did you feel shame I mean was there what were the layers of feelings that you had um that finally came out shame as a result of the assault or of just not of just holding on to it and not saying you know just basically not telling anybody yeah I was drowning in it I mean Mm -hmm. I I was like I frankly, looking back, I don't know how I made it, to mm-hmm. be honest. I mean, I was on track to go to med school. I wanted to be a surgeon. Um, but the semester after it happened, it happened when I was in college. Semester after it happened, um, I was in chemistry 101. And I was mm-hmm. like, I was failing. And I'm a smart kid. Like, I got good grades. That's what I do. Um, and I just got distracted because I didn't deal with it. Like, I, the only thing I could think about it was about how this happened. I couldn't focus on my studies. Mm-hmm. I couldn't focus on relationships. I couldn't take care of myself. Um so there was a lot of shame in that. I mean, I slut shamed myself into silence for over a decade mm-hmm. because it wasn't violent. It didn't happen with a gun to my head and I did and I knew who it was. So I figured this doesn't fit the stereotype of what rape has been portrayed mm-hmm. to be. Right. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I mean I yeah, shame I was drowning in the shame. Yeah. <laughs> then this guy comes along and I was like, Oh hey, <laughs> let me tell you something. Oh. And to have a- and to have that without any kind of like journal journaling about it with with just hiding not hiding just not really not allowing it to to surface surface. right yeah and the funny thing is like you know so many people do this on a day-to-day basis and they just get more callous and more callous and more callous until that realization where this hike and these two hikes actually broke you through that stratosphere so you could become the greatest grandest version of yourself which is who you are right now you know, yeah. and still becoming. 
100%. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it says right here on your book, stepping into the healing power of nature. So what part of nature, what was the, what was the healing aspects of nature that got you through this? Well, for me, it was um, the first trip. It, so I connected the dots between the assault and how it manifested in my mm-hmm. mind and body on the second hike. But on the first trip was where I really started to get back into my body. And I had been to yoga classes and stuff before, and I had heard that trauma is stored in the hips. Um, when I was a rower at the University of Kansas, I suffered a hip flexor injury. Mm-hmm. And on that first day, which we aren't doing on our <laughs> retreat, um, <laughs> but on that first day, it's 11 miles. You're going up and down five peaks. I had 40 pounds strapped to my back. I was 70 pounds heavier than I am today. I had no training whatsoever. Rolled off the couch onto the trail. On the last climb before the first campground, I had to literally pick my leg up and drag it. And that's when I understood what did they say when they mean or what they mean when they say trauma is stored in the hips mm-hmm. because it was the hip injury that was agitated and all these memories came flooding back Whoa. Yeah. like my memories of my time on the rowing team because for the longest time like a lot of people that know me present day prior to this chapter of my life mm-hmm. didn't know that i was a d1 athlete because i didn't claim it because in my mind i was injured for most of the spring season which is when you compete mm-hmm. i never won a regatta and i didn't row varsity I was, I'd never made it beyond the novice team and I didn't even really get to row that much. So in my mind, I was like, was I even an athlete? I mean, like, what did I actually do? Mm-hmm. I trained with the team. I competed a handful of times before I got injured, but because I wasn't the first or the best or whatever, mm-hmm. I never even owned that piece. So going through the first hike was a lot of just like memories coming up and understanding what that means when you say <laughs> trauma stored in your hips. I was like, mm-hmm. yes, it is. <laughs> Holy right. cow. Yeah, um but more than that, I think the biggest thing is in the backcountry when there's no cell service, there's nothing else going on. I wasn't listening to music. I wasn't watching TV. I'm not scrolling through Instagram. I was just alone with my thoughts mm-hmm. for the first time in a really long time, maybe ever. Mm-hmm. I was an expert avoider of feeling feelings. I would do anything I could to not feel them. Mm-hmm. But in the backcountry with no distractions, your shit comes up and you can't run from it. I mean, you yeah. can hike through it. And I did. Um, but just paying attention to the stuff that came up for me and then working through those things as they came up was really where the healing happened during your hike. Yeah. So as you did it, yeah. how long was this hike? Um, it's, uh, 38.5 miles from tip to tip of the Island. And we do the itinerary in six days. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's short hikes, like compared to, and I say short now. Um, yeah, that's rude. Um, compared to some of the stuff we were doing on tour, cause we were doing like over 20 miles a day at elevations above 10,000 feet when we were on tour this year. So I, I have a skewed version of like, what's a short hike now. Um, but it's not so much that you're doing a ton of distance as it is this is a, I mean, most of the trails on Catalina Island are social trails, which means it follows like where the buffalo used to roam or where the Tongva Indians used to walk. Like it, it wasn't, some of them weren't necessarily planned. So they're rugged and it's tough. Mm-hmm. And it was in that space where I was just like so physically exhausted that my whole body was just like, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. And I got out of my head and back into my body and was a- and then at that point was able to hear what was going on in my head because when I'm up here and I'm distracting myself it's real easy to quiet those inner voices but when you're just like depleting yourself of all the energy you have physically mm-hmm. then your body's just like okay so let's talk about all this shit that's swirling wow. around in your brain yeah <laughs> what an excellent point 
And when you're hiking this trail, you're not going to turn around and go back. Nope. Right? So you're going to go, you're going to go nope. straight through. So yeah. that's kind of how. And I wanted to. Yeah. Trust me. Barry was like, if we're going to get through this, we need to keep moving, sister. Yeah. We cannot. We're going to get gored by a bison if you keep taking these crying breaks. Let's move it. Oh my gosh. And I can imagine that you, you know, it's kind of a metaphor for working through your shit too. Mm-hmm. Working through all this stuff is you know, when when it gets hard, when the trail gets hard, we want to turn back. We're not. We're just going to go straight through. Yeah. When the emotions and the, the stuff comes up, you want to go back and, and not think about it and yeah. push it back down. But instead, you went straight through. Yeah. And you went through it. And I face it head on. And amazing. Mother Nature can handle a lot. Yeah. Mama can carry it. Like yeah. I left at, on that second hike, everything I could possibly think of, I left on that trail. Oh, she can that. absorb it. And that island too, it's, um, a lot of people think that it's part of the Channel Islands and it's not. Two mm-hmm. tectonic plates crashed together and Catalina shot up out of the ocean. Oh. And a lot of it is quartz. Interesting. So the vibration on that island is in insane good oh, to I am know so yeah excited i'm so stoked for you guys to I go there and like no this idea. it's yeah it's so gnarly i love it so much out there okay we were going to talk about the retreat at the end but now i'm inspired let's just dive <laughs> let's do right it. Into yeah, let's it. go in yeah so how so we have a retreat coming up it's the 27th through the 29th of march and it's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then in addition, Monday night, Sunday night, Sunday mm-hmm. night is going to be a, an optional Kaleo Wasman acoustic oh, yeah. after party with some pepper wine. So when we get there on Friday, guide us through what happens from there. Yeah, so we'll, uh, everybody will take the ferry over, or if you're fancy, take a helicopter, I don't know. Um, oh, but we'll meet in Avalon fine. and location TBD, but I'll give my presentation to kind of mm-hmm. set up like what this island means to me, why we're all here, what is hiking my feelings. And then we'll go to our first campsite. Um, We'll have dinner on the beach. We'll do some Reiki. Mm -hmm. It's going to be lovely. We'll have a campfire, s'mores, all the stuff. And then we're sleeping next to the Pacific Ocean. So we fall asleep to crashing waves in two harbors. I'm so excited. The next day we hike. It's a seven or eight mile hike. Um, and the section that we're hiking is actually the section where I had my massive breakthroughs on the second hike. So Mm -hmm. this is where I realized that the assault was the cause of all the chaos in my mind and body. Mm -hmm. So we'll get up to the top, um, of the summit of the first day and we'll go through some of the exercises in the back of the book. We'll do some, uh, mindfulness stuff at the beginning. We will have already set intentions. So we'll kind of check in on those intentions Mm -hmm. because I think a lot of folks confuse intentions with expectations. So just to kind of like narrow in and make sure everybody's still on the same page and, talk about what's coming up for them then we get down into the next campground which is parsons landing which is amazing (laughs) um we like the last time we were there there was amethyst on the beach there was jade on the beach like it is a crystal powerhouse out there it's crystal powerhouse yeah i mean like it's so nice and it's so remote there's only eight campsites on that beach so there's not a lot of people it's nice mm-hmm. and quiet it's facing the mainland so like if it's clear you can see all the beautiful like lights and stuff at night it's nice and twinkly um but we'll do some more um like mindfulness stuff when we get back we'll take some time to like set up camp relax do whatever then we'll have dinner on the beach again more reiki blah 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 um and all the more like in the mornings you guys will be leading yoga mm-hmm. and so it's just it's all the things that have ever helped me heal in one way or another from all these different like parts of my life. I've just kind of like plucked them up and put them in this basket on this island. Mm, So it's hiking, it's backpacking, it's 
yoga it's reiki it's all journaling, it's music it's discussion. journaling it's mm-hmm. it's talking through it um i'm really excited so when we're in parsons landing that second night um i'm gonna facilitate what i call a hot seat so everybody just kind of goes around the campfire if they want to and you don't have to talk about your feelings if you don't want to but you should because that's why we're here mm-hmm. um talk about what came up for you on the hike because i'm setting it up like this is where i had one of the most massive realizations of my life and mm-hmm. if you're open to it you could too so did you like what came up for you? Let's talk about it. Like what what can I help you with in the realization of the things that you're experiencing as you go through this? Because this hike is not easy. Mm-hmm. It's not impossible, but it is challenging. And that's going to bring up a lot of confidence issues. It's going to bring up a lot of body issues. It's going to bring up a whole host of things potentially. So giving people a space to feel safe, to communicate about what they're feeling and why and where they feel it in their body that's a big part of the book um one of the first things i set up is like if at any point of any of my parts of my story you feel triggered by something respect that and then ask yourself like where do i feel that in my body and where did i feel it? have i felt this before and if so what was the thing that made me feel that that time because mm-hmm. if you can connect those dots you can start to weave together the story of your life looking backwards and then decide where you want to go and create something amazing Beautiful. Yeah. So the first hike is seven miles, you said. Yeah. Is that straight uphill? Because you said, you mentioned we're going to end at the top. Yeah. So is it's, it's seven I mean, miles it's, uphill. It's, it's three miles, like three, three and a half to the summit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we descend down into the campground. And then the second day, all we got to do is just get from the campground back up to the road. And the second day is just a nice road walk. And it mm-hmm. hugs all the curves of the island. And you can see all the little coves. If the light's right and the sun's out, you can see all the animals in the water. Like it wow. is absolutely magical. We walk through some of the Boy Scout camps, um, and then we just head back to Avalon, and then Cleo does his magic, and then we all say, "Hey, thanks for being here." Perfect. Yeah, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. It's a. It's <laughs> going to be really, really incredible, and to have the opportunity to either speak out loud and you know really digest what the island and this this hiking and this yoga and this Reiki is bringing up for your your experience from your past is awesome, and then to also just have like the clear understanding that you can just take a break journal really just at least at some point there's going to be some kind of release for you whether you're verbally talking about you know things that may arise or whether you're just writing them down and just getting them clear in your head like it's really just a great opportunity for you to check in with you and like you said allow this connection between trauma stored in the body and then allowing allowing yourself to realize it, see it, and then making a decision about what you want to do about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to also encourage people that may not think they have anything that needs to be healed, um, which I think most of us do, but right. but people that may not think they have much to be healed to, to sign up as well and to join us because you never know what could be let out. You well, never and know. that's the thing. Like mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't go to the Island thinking like, you know what? I'm going to connect the dots between my mind and body. I didn't, mm-hmm. I honestly didn't even realize how disconnected my mind and body were until I did this hike. And I was able to recall these things and connect those dots. Mm-hmm. I didn't set out on this mission of doing these backpacking trips thinking this is going to be my healing journey. And now everything's going to be better. And I'm going to go create this amazing life out of it. I fully intended to keep my swank ass job and my cushy ass benefits. Like I had no desire to be broke and living in a van and like, you know, like, but when you, the thing is, is like when I stopped planning and I just started listening Mm. to the universe, to myself, to whatever you believe in, 
that's when this started happening. Like everything we've been able to create is just a result of letting go and listening and following the opportunities that make sense and feel good. Mm-hmm. And just really paying attention. Yeah. Cause like yeah. even then like, I don't, I also don't want listeners to be like, Oh my God, this sounds like the saddest retreat ever. <laughs> it's not like, <laughs> yeah. like, and if, if you go and nothing comes up for you, then crying. awesome. <laughs> then, then at the very least you've had an amazing experience hiking across a beautiful Island, eating delicious food and enjoying some wonderful music, yoga and Reiki. Like mm-hmm. there's nothing bad about it. The bonus is if you give yourself this time and you're able to connect some dots, then like even better at the very least, it's an opportunity to disconnect from distractions and reconnect with yourself. And you may just find that there's something that has been weighing you down that you can release on this island. And that is one of the most beautiful gifts that this place can give you. Beautiful. Love that. I'm so excited. So a little bit of logistical things. Um, we're going to be bringing our tents and 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 backpacks and everything on our backs. <laughs> well, so okay, here's so the I'm thing. Not, I'm not much of a hiker, so this is new for me. That well, was so funny just what? to watch you just like try navigate to navigate that. that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, I will say, actually, yes. um, if you want to have a full backpacking experience, you're more than welcome to bring your stuff, carry it with you the whole time. But one of the perks of our partnership with Catalina Backcountry is that they're doing gear haul. So if you don't want to carry everything with you, they will take your stuff from campsite to campsite. So you can just hike with a little day pack, bring some water, bring some snacks, have your journal, whatever. You don't have to carry everything on your back. If you want to, by all means, please do. Um, And for folks that don't have equipment either, if you don't want to go invest, I mean, like to get a full backpacking setup is close to $1,000, like between a backpack, Mm -hmm. all the sleeping pads, a cooking system, all the things. This is kind of like a luxury backpacking trip and that you don't even really need to have the equipment. If you don't have anything, we do offer comfort camping. So Mm -hmm. Catalina Backcountry has a tent for you, has a sleeping bag for you. All you would need to bring is your clothes, personal items, journal, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then they can haul that place to place for you. So rad. Yeah. So if you want to go like all out and have like the backcountry experience where you're like slugging up the mountain with your backpack on (laughs) that's available to you and if you don't if you just want to like skip up the mountain with just a little backpack and some water you can do that too so it's open to to everybody and you don't have to invest in the in the whole setup to be able to experience this island in this way and can you rent them is there places that you can rent the setup if you wanted so i believe well that's actually that's a good question um i know rei does equipment rentals but Mm -hmm. i don't know if they would do it for you to take it to catalina island i think there might be like some kind of local thing but um radius clause there's eight (laughs) there's eight comfort camping setups available so if you like in all reality, you don't even need a backpack for this trip because you can just shove everything you've got in a duffel bag and they'll take it from campsite to campsite. Got it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Very I think that's cool. how I'm going to be hiking actually. Yeah. I'm going to be hiking. Yeah. Just day pack, j- skipping up the mountain. Just my like little slim line Patagonia backpack and then just call it a day. And there so, you go. Yeah, yeah. That's it. How heavy. So you mentioned 40 pounds. Is that like a typical full setup? Well, it depends on the length of your trip. It depends on what you're Mm -hmm. doing. So when we go and we go across the entire island, we're carrying everything that we need for six days. Sands water. Each campsite has water available. So we don't have to pack six days worth of water, but we do pack six days worth of food. So for a full TCT experience going across the entire island on the Trans-Catalina Trail, you need 
a backpack, you need a sleeping bag, a sleeping pad, a cooking setup, you need six days worth of food, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you need your clothes, you need whatever else you want to bring. Um, so for me on the first trip, I mean, like I brought tarot cards on the first trip, so <laughs> I don't know, maybe I didn't need them, but <laughs> did you use them? Yes. Then you needed them. <laughs> I used them. <laughs> well, funny story. So on the first trip, I had no experience. Like I literally walked into REI. I was like, here's my paycheck, fill up a backpack, right? Like yeah. give me everything I need. Um, and we walked onto that Island and I think my pack was probably around like 35, 40 pounds. I had no training whatsoever. I didn't even break in my shoes. I wore my shoes at my standing desk for two weeks thinking that was the same as breaking in hiking boots. P.S. It's not. Um, (laughs) So like I was on the island the first time. It was so heavy. I had blisters for days and Barry didn't. And the only difference equipment wise between our packs was that Barry did not bring tarot cards. And I did. So like if you're, you know, Barry's ribbing me a little bit. He's like, well, you know, if you didn't bring tarot cards, you wouldn't have blisters. And so (laughs) this first trip was probably like 35, 40 pounds because I brought like a whole fashion runways worth of clothes. You only need two sets. One to sleep in, (laughs) one to hike in. You're going to get stinky. It's part of the deal. Like when you're out on the trail for six days without a shower, you're going to get ripe. But Mm -hmm. I was like prepared for a fashion show. (laughs) I had like (laughs) two sleeping outfits and like three changes of clothes. It was way too much stuff. Um, And then the second trip was maybe like 30 pounds, but I had swapped out the tarot cards for my nice camera. So it was still kind (laughs) of heavy, heavier than it could be. Um, Some of these folks that hike from like Canada to Mexico, and um, like Georgia to Maine, there's like the Pacific Crest Trail, which goes up the West Coast and the Appalachian Trail, which goes up the East Coast. Some of these folks hike with like maybe 15, 18, 20 pounds of stuff. And they're doing it for thousands of miles. Wow. So it's yeah. um, it's it really just depends on one, what you can afford because ultralight gear is expensive. Um, and two, just like what you want your experience to be. This whole uh, what do you call it? Comfort camping or, yes yeah i'm into this idea big time <laughs> like i yeah this is the kind of hike i'm really uh, really excited about i have one question for you talking about boots are there like um are boots like a requirement for this retreat slash hike trail so in general i don't recommend hiking boots for long distance hiking and this isn't like t- really long distance but what i would say is get a nice pair of trail running shoes mm-hmm. um sneakers you're not going to have the grip that you want yep. um on the way down f- into parsons landing <laughs> the reason that i was able to connect well i don't know if it was the reason but on the way down when i was connecting the dots between what happened with the sexual assault and how it manifested in my mind and body I almost slipped and fell because it was so steep. Like I was sidestepping and I lost my step and then I had to like replant myself. And that's when I had the realization. So if you aren't careful on that particular section, it's just kind of like, it's like loose and gravelly. Like if you've ever been out to Sunset Cliffs and it's like, Mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to like walk around a little bit sometimes. Um, Same kind of thing. So I would say for the sake of, if you're just like coming to join us and you don't know if hiking's your thing, I would say get a pair of trail running shoes because then you can wear those as regular sneakers. Mm. And those have the grip, but they don't require the same break-in time that a pair of hiking boots would. Good to know. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to be able to do it on your Vibrams, babe. I don't know. I'm thinking I will be able to do it on my there's lots of people trail that, Vibrams. Well, there's really? lots of people that do it in Vibrams. Uh-huh. So. How's that? I got the experts backing me up right now. Yeah, Barry did on this first one. (laughs) Oh, really? Barry did. Okay. So we had a we did a story. We we were we kind of practicing hiking. I saw that (laughs) and I loved it. I was like, look, babe, they're doing it. Yeah, and it was Assad was out hiking and Dan Kelly's out hiking. Like everybody's hiking. It's awesome. I think everyone's getting ready for the retreat. Yeah. Yeah. Do we have special guests that I'm not aware of? Because like all the cool people are learning how to hike now. Right. We're all practicing so we uh we did this hike 
couple of days ago. And by the end of it, I was like, Whew, that was good. Let's go get some coffee. How long did we go? 1.2 miles. <laughs> so I was really um, curious to know how long we're going to be hiking for that yeah. first day. So seven miles. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and the we thing about it is, is like, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's a difficult climb. It's no joke, but we've got nothing else to do. Mm-hmm. We've yeah. got all day to get there. So mm-hmm. we will take as many breaks as people need. I know um, my friend Melissa's coming. She's um, she's a wonderful woman. I met her in on the road in um, Tualatin, Oregon. Like she's like she's training. She hasn't done anything really over three, three and a half miles. So she's just been like hitting the trails as much as she can. And mm-hmm. we're lucky that in Southern California that we got some stuff that's pretty accessible here. So um, it's it's the highest point on the island is 1800 feet. So it's not like you're going to go free solo El Cap when you come to Catalina <laughs> Island. Um, it's a difficult climb, but it's not like you're going to like 10,000 feet and you got to worry about altitude sickness and all that stuff. It's we're just going to take us. We'll take our time. We'll do what we yeah. need to do. I'm really excited for the point of a it's getting out of my comfort zone, which is huge for any kind. I'm of so excited to see you guys do this. Yeah, hike, I, dude. I, yeah I'm really psyched <laughs> on that. And B, I, I'm without having too much of a, like you said, expectation or intention. Uh, I'm really interested to see what's going to happen to me personally on this hike. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm going to really allow this time to, to come in um, and and write and and be able to do these you know these connect the dot little situations i'm excited about the fact that this this is set up for that and just even listening to it on this podcast is getting me super excited yeah yeah so when the hiking is done when the camping and everything and all all that's done on sunday uh, we do have an affiliate or somebody that we're going to be working with um at a hotel mm-hmm. that is going to give a discounted rate. So you don't have to go from wearing the same clothes and being super stinky and right. living on the mountain straight <laughs> to the, the Kaleo Wasman acoustic show. Right. You, you have the opportunity to go and shower and, yeah, and sleep we'll, in a hotel bed if you want to. Yeah. And, and we'll probably get back to Avalon around the time that check-in would happen. So you can go Perfect. have the afternoon to yourself, like recoup, take a shower, take a nap if you need to, mm-hmm. and then just meet us at the venue and we'll, we'll jam the night away. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I think I'm going to look forward to a Mai Tai after all of that hiking. Well, I'll feelings. tell you what, uh-huh. if you're going to like Mai Tai, yes, definitely. But the signature <laughs> drink of Catalina Island is I called know, Buffalo Milk. I And I'm never doing that again. <laughs> yeah. Thanks to Johnny Q. Uh, and our like we played a, a K-Rock show years ago on, on Catalina. It was my first time there. And then the next day we stayed with some really good friends, Garrett and Eden. And we drove around in a golf cart and drank Buffalo Milk until until i threw up i think it's really how it happened like <laughs> buffalo milk is heavy like it's, yeah what is it it's just it's just it tastes delicious. cream and kalua and it's it's like a it's like a beautiful white russian in a yeah sense. it's like a mudslide but they mix in some like banana liqueur and then they go the extra mile and do the freshly grated nutmeg on top i mean i'm sober and vegan in 2020 so i won't be partaking <laughs> but like i'm like Honestly, when you hike across that island and you get to two harbors and you have the opportunity to have a frozen beverage, have one, two, three, four, five. Like you've earned <laughs> yeah. it. You've hiked 26 miles from Avalon to two harbors to get to that point. But wow. yeah, Mai Tai's for sure. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know, I, I, I a little there. lighter. <laughs> You're right. You got to keep in mind we're from Kona. So the Mai Tai's go down a little easier for us. Yeah. Buffalo milk's a whole nother level. Uh, yeah. How awesome. Fun. So, okay. So the retreat, we're very excited. I mean, and 
everyone out there who's interested, email us at love at rebelamuse.com or go straight to hikingmyfeelings.com to sign up. And um, next, what else do you have going on right now? Because I know you guys have been on the road and crazy busy. Yeah. Like I feel like our paths crossing right now is is the stars aligning because you guys have been all over the place. We've been all over the place. So um, thank you. Yeah, thank <laughs> yeah. you. <laughs> so what do you have going on now? Um, so I'm actually doing my first official book signing in a bookstore in Del Mar at a bookstore called Diesel. Mm-hmm. Um, that's next weekend on January 12th. It's a Sunday at 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited about it because it's like the whole author experience where they introduce me and then I read from the book and oh, then we go and so like I cool. sign them. And yeah. I haven't done that yet, so I'm really excited to see how that goes. But another cool um, event series that we're doing as a test series in San Diego before we roll it out nationwide because we're gonna do another lap around the country for my book tour this year. Um, is we're doing this thing called hike and sign and camp. Mm-hmm. So if you want to just have like a nice mindful Saturday morning, you meet me at the trailhead. I'll do a reading at the trailhead. We'll go hike. We'll do some journaling, mindfulness stuff at the summit. We'll hike back down. I'll sign the books in the van, give you a tour of the van if you want to talk about van life and like living in a minimal way. And then you can end your day there or you can come back to us or come back with us to the Reggae Ranch, which is in um, the mountains out in Julian, California. Mm-hmm. Our friends Sue and Dustin own it. Um, if you guys are familiar with the reggae scene in San Diego, you guys are, but listeners, um, if you know Sun Drenched Vibes, that's Sue and Dustin. Mm-hmm. Um, so they run the reggae ranch. They're turning it into a retreat for musicians and artists. So we are starting to host some events there to kind of like get the ground going and like get people understanding that this is a place where you can come do this kind of stuff. So um, after we get done with the hike, then we'll drive back out to the ranch. We'll do a nice family style cookout. We'll camp out under the stars, jam by the fire, all the good stuff. And then we'll wake up and Barry makes the best breakfast sandwich in the world. Um, So he'll be making (laughs) breakfast sandwiches and then you're free to go about your business. So we're doing those every Saturday in January. The first one is this weekend. And the first hike that we're doing is Stonewall Peak, which is outside of San Diego. And that's where I actually had like the lightning bolt from the universe, which told me like hiking my feelings. Mm. Um, So that's the that is the trail, the summit, the hike where it all began. So that's where we're starting um, this weekend. How exciting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you guys, you guys are crushing life right now. I I, I, I straight up love the energy that you guys walk in here with. And um, and not only that, but the cushy job with all of the fat perks, how you said, but you know, you weren't really adding anything for anyone in the human experience. And that is so beautiful to hear, you know? Yeah, that's really good awareness. Yeah. 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 I was like, I'm making people and myself sick and numb. I'm done with this. (laughs) And now you're like allowing people, um, you know, to see the inside of your story and inspire them to, you know, whatever their process is, hiking their feelings, journaling their feelings, yeah. yoga-ing their feelings, meditating their feelings, surfing their feelings, whatever, just implement like it, but just to allow them, you know, that, that inspiration, like, whoa, this, this, this woman did it by hiking. I, I'm so inspired by figuring out what I can crack in, in, in that mm-hmm. kind of like sense. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm really excited to read this book. Yeah. And wait, is that our copy? Wait, is this our copy? Yes. Okay, okay good. Will awesome. you sign it Thank for us? Yes. Oh my God, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Do the Wassmans want Sydney Williams's autograph? We okay. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. We do. And okay, so you, you're going to go on a book tour. This is your yeah. first stop on the book tour. Yeah, so we're doing yeah. a lot of stuff locally leading up to the retreat. And then 
um, we're not sure, like what we're doing right now is we're booking our route to get to Chicago. So our other big initiative this year is we're hiking 220 miles around the city of Chicago to raise awareness for Hiking My Feelings, RAIN, which is the National Sexual Assault Survivor Hotline, mm-hmm. and the American Diabetes Association. So we're turning it into a big awareness campaign, hiking 220 miles around the city. So once we get done with the retreat, then we'll go out to Chicago and we're mapping the book tour to get there and come back so cool yeah do you book all of this yourselves yes wow yeah barry's the manager he's the boss wow that's amazing so (laughs) you you just you cold call email i mean how do you get all of these events scheduled and booked you first think of them yeah yes you create them yeah you create them and then you just put the action in Yeah. yeah i mean that's really it like we um this the first tour we started October 2018, I had three dates with an REI, with REI stores around Southern California. Mm-hmm. And then we had nothing else. But I knew that I wanted to do that for the rest of my life. <laughs> so I was mm-hmm. like, okay, um, let's sell. Like our, I saw my account balance going down, 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 paying big rent and not making money when I was living in the city. Um, so I was like, okay, uh, we need to find a way to like stretch the cash that we have so I don't have to go back to work and get like a job job. Mm-hmm. Um so we sold everything we own, moved into the van, which allowed us to have the opportunity to make very little money, but make huge impact. Mm-hmm. Um, because all we needed to do was pay for groceries, gas, and cell phones, really. I mean, like, I'm up to my eyeballs and student loan debt and stuff like that. So that all had to go, too. But there was this moment where I was just like, what's the easiest way for us to make the biggest impact? And for us, that was selling everything, moving in the van, and going around the country. So in January of this year, we did another three dates around SoCal REI stores. And after the first one of those three dates, the gal that I had been working with was like, hey, you guys moved into a van. Do you want to do this around the country? And I was like, yeah. She's like, well, we can't pay you. I was like, I don't care. We'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. Um, So every talk that I did this year, with the exception of two, was for free. Um, And all the hikes that we did were free. Mm -hmm. So um, we booked everything. And the way that it worked is like, you see that I spoke at 60 REI stores. If you're not familiar with what we're doing, you're probably like, wow, she probably like sat in the boardroom and they handed her a tour schedule. Like, that's not how this worked. Mm -hmm. Um, We got, I started in Southern California. She introduced me to her counterpart in NorCal, who introduced me to her counterpart in Oregon. So we just leaped all these different stores all the way around the country just talk and these people are half time or sorry part time retail employees that happen to set up events for the store and that's how we did it this year and um we're going to do the same next this that's how we did it last year we're going to do the same this year we're not going to go back to all of the REI stores we're going to focus more on the hike and sign events that we're doing some campouts more retreats around the country after the Catalina one um and then like bookstores i'm i would love universe please um, to do more universities. I spoke mm-hmm. at the University of Kansas this year um, to the rowing team that was the team I was on. And one of the things that coach said that blew my mind and one of the reasons why I really, really, really want to start talking to younger folks mm-hmm. is she said that the f- when she got back to coach, since she's been back, five women or two women have come to her that have felt like comfortable to say it, um, that within the first five days on campus, they were sexually assaulted. Wow. And that's just yeah. the two girls that felt comfortable and confident enough to, t- to tell their coach mm-hmm. that there's way more women that are impacted and men that are impacted by this. So yeah. I f- I'm starting to feel like the REI tour was a really great 
launching pad for us Mm -hmm. um as we went around the country i was like i'm kind of preaching to the choir here like if you're an rei member you probably already know the healing benefits of the outdoors you might not have the language for it Mm -hmm. but you know you like spending time outside that's why you buy all this equipment to keep doing it so it was cool because we were able to connect with a bunch of people that were already hiking and a lot of people that hadn't ever hiked before too but um as we're looking towards my speaking career outside of a book tour, I'd really like to talk about employee wellness with corporations because I was a sick, sad employee. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd love to talk to more universities about how we can prevent sexual assault on campus and how we can cultivate an environment where people feel safe to report it and safe to get help and safe to talk to people. Um, So those are kind of our goals as far as the audiences that I'd like to cater to. um, And we filed for our nonprofit at the end of, 2019 so exciting hoping uh we'll have that here shortly congratulations you guys are just unbelievably inspiring and i'm on a total high right now (laughs) yeah Yeah, i want to go on a hike right now let's do it i got nothing else to do i love it I really think this is, thank you so much for doing the work that you do because yes. it, it's really important. I, th- I love that you're going to go to universities um, because that's, you know, like we talked about in the beginning of the podcast, carrying the shame of maybe a sexual assault doesn't fit into a certain category. And so men or women are not going to speak up and say it. Um, and it's, you know, that's adding on to even more of their burden of pain. So I think, you know, allowing them to know that there's different kinds of sexual assault that don't have to fit into this to be um, labeled it. You know, there's many different variations and um, just allowing them to have that outlet or, you know, to, like you said, two people already spoke up about that. And a lot of people just hold on to it for so long. Well, and from a university perspective, too, like I was on track to go to med school. I wanted to be a surgeon and save lives. Like Mm -hmm. I got derailed because I couldn't focus in chemistry 101 and I berated myself. I thought I was an idiot, like out of nowhere. I've historically, I've been a really good student. Mm -hmm. I got assaulted and now I'm failing. Like I wasn't able to connect the dots then. But Mm -hmm. when I think about sexual assault, particularly for people who are survivors out of a, like they got assaulted in college. I, I'm just so curious about how much potential has been lost mm-hmm. because like I would, I'm really glad that I'm not a surgeon today. Cause I would probably be in surgery right now instead of talking to you fine folks. Mm-hmm. But like, there is this question in the back of my mind, like, what if I didn't get raped? Like, what would my life look like? And I wouldn't trade anything for the world. And honestly, like, if I had to do it all over again, I would suffer that again to live the life that I'm living now. Because what we've created from the shit show that my life was, is like Phoenix rising, beautiful stuff. Um, But when I think about going to universities, like, I just, there is so much lost potential. Because like, people who survive sexual assault are more likely to commit suicide. Like, I'm Mm -hmm. lucky that my spiral was eating, drinking, and poor academic performance. Like some people turn to really hard drugs or they take their own lives. Like Mm -hmm. my spiral wasn't as bad, but that doesn't mean that it wasn't bad. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's one of the things too that I really, really care about and that I really think we should be having a conversation about is like, what is the cost of sexual assault potential wise Mm -hmm. for the economy? Like if I was a doctor, I'd be generating a lot more revenue and a lot more tax revenue. I'd be paying way more taxes if I was a surgeon right now than I am living in a van, like Mm -hmm. from from an economic perspective alone. Interesting. what, What are the possibilities and like, what is the loss? Because these people don't have their dreams realized because they just feel like they're an idiot or they're too stupid or they can't do it for whatever reason. Mm hmm. Wow. Yeah, this is really important conversations that do need to be talked about. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you you so much for everything that you guys are doing, everything you guys are. Like, I'm 
totally so happy so inspired by you guys thank you for your time and um i'm ready for march yeah one more question this might be silly but uh-huh. is there um what are those things called golf carts uh in that place yeah. of the island that we're gonna be yeah there are there yeah. are golf carts yeah so in fact um not saying that i want one to take me up the, yeah. <laughs> the trail or anything oh but. well so um <laughs> if anybody is struggling with the trail or mm-hmm. they can't they get to a certain point and they can't make it catalina backcountry can drive us they have okay. that's the they are the only vendor on the island short mm-hmm. of the catalina island conservancy themselves who has a permit to drive in the backcountry so it. we okay. will have their support in that way as well Perfect. awesome good. yeah good to know okay. yeah yeah <laughs> Not saying I'm not going to do it, but like maybe not. Milk. <laughs> no, I'm, 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 like, I'm not like, out like, the buffalo milk. Can we get a, a buffalo milk up here? Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, thank you guys so much. Yeah, thanks yes. for having us. All of right. course. All right, we'll see you there. Aloha. Yeah. Peace.